Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. And if there's one thing we have learned in about 33 years of ministry experience is that we know absolutely nothing. And we're not sure why you're listening, but we are glad that you are. My name is Matt Hensley, and I'm the pastor of Mayhill Baptist in Mayhill, New Mexico, and also the managing editor of the Lifeway Pastors. And I'm joined by... Kyle Bierman, the pastor of First Baptist Church of Alamogordo, New Mexico, and director of replanter development for the North American Mission Board. Yeah, and I already kind of cut you out of that 33 years of combined <laughs> experience part that you like to say, because we want to dive right in with a very special guest on a very special occasion. Yes. This is the 100th episode yes. of Not Another Baptist Podcast, and we couldn't think of anybody else to celebrate with us then. Philip Nation. That's right. Philip, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing fantastic. I uh, am honored to be uh, the guest on this uh, 100th episode. I thought that you were going to stop stop by saying we couldn't think of anybody else. Yeah, <laughs> but then you went on. So thank you. Well, we uh, thought we uh, thought about making you know, this, you know, an international flair, and 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 you know, actually uh, going to the nations, and and we couldn't do that. So instead, we brought right. the nation to us. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, well done, oh. Kyle. I'm sure he's never in his life no. heard that joke before. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, truth be told, you know, we, we reached out to Dr. Moeller, and, and he said no. We reached out to John Piper. He said no. We reached Platt. He said no. And, you know, we finally got down to the bottom of the – the barrel and and Mark Dan said no and and then we're stuck with you so uh, but, uh, wow but man we're we're grateful for for you and and our friendship goes back for a little while and we were able yeah. to finally meet in person at the uh, the the SBC meeting before last and then again this last one and certainly grateful for that but uh, let's kick things off by uh, telling us about your family. Well, uh, obviously, the best thing about me is my family. So my wife, Angie, and I have now been married for 25 years. Uh, she is from the Atlanta, Georgia area, and uh, I met her while I was working as an intern at her home church uh, there at First Baptist Church of Jonesboro, Georgia. Uh, I was in seminary, and she was working for Delta Airlines when we met. And uh, we blessed with two children. Uh, our son, Andrew, is 23, out of college, uh, working in the world, and lives in southwest Florida, not far from us. And then our younger son, Chris, uh, is in his final semester of college. Uh, he's at Houston Baptist University. Uh, Andrew, our older son, got a degree in communications and journalism. Our younger son, Chris, is working on a degree in uh, religious studies and feels a call to vocational ministry. So he is in the process right now of deciding where he's going to go to seminary. And uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a real joy. Uh, our younger son, Chris, is engaged to be married as well next year. So it's an interesting season of life where we've transitioned uh, into having our uh, adult sons that are in their early 20s now. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I, I can't let this opportunity go <laughs> without giving a, a subtle uh, 
worthy for the nations to consider going to where the sun never sets uh, on any of the nations uh, and, uh, you know, where maybe he could consider the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. And, uh, uh, yes. yeah, I, I, I think you should. And, and I know you've been there recently, and, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a little bit. And uh, but, but Southwestern has a very... Uh, notorious uh, graduates known as Matt Hensley, and uh, they let him back in into the D-Men program. So I, uh, I would certainly recommend you check that out and your family and uh, encourage our listeners to check out slibbits.edu after the show for more information about the Crown Jewel Seminary of the SBC. Uh, Kyle, before nice. I get in any more trouble with uh, these awkward uh, sponsorship, please, why don't you take us on to the next yeah. question? By the, by the way, I thought that was well done um, that, that you just stepped right in there and, and, and used that plug. So well, good, good job. Um, well, well, Philip, talk us through just a little bit about what brought you to the to the Baptist World Alliance. When, when I became familiar with you was was through the transformational discipleship uh, material that that B and H put out, um, and and then uh, we know last year you became uh, you went to the to the Baptist World Alliance. So, so walk us through that journey just a little bit. How how you wound up at BWA. Yeah, and, and so uh, through all of the, the time that I had spent at Lifeway Christian Resources in the publishing realm, it, uh, it helped to continuously broaden uh, my opportunities to uh, you know, be with people from various denominations, both Baptist denominations and other denominations, and, and then that's going to broaden uh, who you know around the world. And so I have, uh, I have a, a heart and a great affection for the global church. And so after leaving Lifeway and serving in a local congregation as the pastor for a few more years uh, in Southwest Florida, uh, I reconnected with someone whom I had known for a while, but got to know pretty well. His name's Elijah Brown, and he's the general secretary of the Baptist World Alliance. Uh, a, a young guy, I would say, he's in his late 30s, previously had been uh, the, a professor of missions and evangelism at uh, East Texas Baptist University, and he had taken on this role uh, to help helm the organization. And uh, so it was in late uh, 2018 uh, that he asked if I would consider taking on uh, a role with the Baptist World Alliance of helping to mobilize churches. Historically, the BWA was founded to be a network of denominations, conventions, and unions. But over the last couple of decades, uh, the BWA had a lot of individual churches uh, that kind of proverbially knocked on their door and said, hey, we want to get connected to the global church as well. Uh, Can we do that through a a relationship with the BWA? And so I get the, the opportunity to help local pastors and local congregations find deeper connections into the into the Baptist global family through the BWA. And so right now, um, I, I still live in Florida, but I do a lot of traveling in order to preach at various places, uh, in churches on Sundays and in conferences, but really it, it, just be able to spend a lot of time with pastors, helping them to establish uh, whatever kind of mission partnerships to show generosity where they can and to find ways uh, to have fellowship with the global church. Okay, and and so I, I have a a question along those lines. Uh, All right. Um, we we like to say that the CSB 
is the official uh, translation of the SBC because you can't spell the SBC without the CSB. And, uh, you know, they they just really waited 2,000 years to release the Bible that Jesus was using uh, to, to the world. Uh, wow. But, but I guess the question is, is you use, as I recall, the CSB, uh, but you can't spell Baptist World Alliance with any of those letters. So, so how does that work out? What what is the Baptist World Alliance? <laughs> well, so, well, I am a big fan <laughs> of the CSB. In fact, it's the the Bible translation that I use uh, in my personal studies and in most of my preaching engagements, unless the church is very accustomed to some other translation. And I, uh, always accommodate to whatever the local uh, preference is for a congregation as best as I can. Uh, but no, I'm a big fan of the CSB, and uh, and and so um, so thanks for that because uh, uh, I think everybody should be a fan of the CSB. It's a fine translation. Uh, so, but now I've lost your question and all and <laughs> all of that. In, in all of my creativity to somehow find a way to ask the question with a CSB plug, uh, what what is the BWA? Yeah, so the BWA um, is it's a unicorn organization. There's not another one like it in the world because it it, it exists to network the global Baptist family in order to impact the world for Jesus. So it truly is just an alliance. It's not a mission agency. We don't send out missionaries nor is it a denomination that churches join as kind of their personal family or network of churches, but rather it is just a coalition. Uh, it's a way for denominations, conventions, and unions, along with individual congregations, to simply connect with each other. Uh, it's a place of, of where all of this intersects together. And so currently, the BWA is made up of 240 conventions and unions in 125 countries and territories around the world. And, and so through the BWA, people participate in ministry commissions that range in everything from theological reflection to issues around uh, justice issues within society, religious freedom issues, evangelism, church planting, and even commissions on unity and worship of the global Baptist family. And once a year, we have an annual gathering. In fact, next year, uh, our, we, we work in five-year cycles. Next year, is a, we refer to it as a World Congress. We do it once every five years. Uh, there'll be probably about 45 or 4,800 people that will gather in Rio de Janeiro for four days of worship services together. And then in the meantime, uh, we are also providing grants, uh, financial aid, helping denominations work together uh, in unity for common mission purposes. So it is a unique organization in a sense that we simply exist to help network Baptists together. Well, and, and you were doing a little bit of that uh, just a week or so ago, because in, in just a couple of days, you're at Dallas Baptist University, Northwood Church, Southwestern, uh, Fairview Baptist, that, that's one of your friends, I believe, Matt, Matt yeah. Caps, if I remember correctly, and, and Southeastern, all, all really, I think it was like in two or three days. And, yeah. uh, so you you are certainly racking up the, uh, the, the miles, but at the same time, that gives you a, a chance to kind of come in and get a quick view of what God is doing in, in churches and universities and, 
in seminaries, and, and I know some of those may uh, veer towards some of the, the SBC world, at least this recent trip, uh, but what are you seeing uh, God do in Baptist churches, ministries, universities, seminaries uh, across the globe? What are some of the things that you can just brag about God doing right now? Yeah, I, I would say right now one of the most astounding things that's happening has been really what has happened over the last decade in the on the African continent. Mm. Uh, we are witnessing what feels like unparalleled growth during my lifetime. Over the last 10 years, the number of Baptists in Africa have grown by 177%. Wow. I, I mean, it's just absolutely astounding. Uh, the Nigerian Baptist Convention has over 7 million members. And, and then in other places in Africa, we're watching as there are Baptist conventions and unions in the same countries, uh, in, a, in, a, in one particular country where there has been a lot of friction and there has been division, and they're seeking reconciliation and, and unification amongst uh, the Baptist families there. And so watching what's happening on the African continent is absolutely astounding. One of the other uh, really great stories I would tell is what's happening in Venezuela. Uh, we all know from the headlines that uh, Venezuela is, is just a mess right now politically and economically. Yeah. It's to the point where shopkeepers uh, are calculating uh, inflation by the day rather than by the month or the week. And wow. yet the Venezuelan Baptist Convention has 103 church planting missionaries. This year already they've planted about 40 churches and those guys, those church planting missionaries of the Venezuelan Baptist Union make what is equivalent to five U.S. dollars a month, wow. not a week, not a day, a month. And yet here they are faithful in the midst of very trying times. And so we're watching uh, the Baptist uh, churches, specifically in the global south, uh, but then even in some very difficult circumstances like Venezuela, we're watching uh, just some really incredible evangelistic growth going on. That's incredible. Um, well, uh, aside from racking up frequent flyer miles, as, as Matt mentioned, uh, with, <laughs> yes. with your work in, in, the, in the BWA, um, we know also you're getting a lot of opportunities to speak uh, around the country. So what is what yeah. do you enjoy most about preaching around the country? Well, I tell you, the, the very act of preaching itself um, it is unlike, as both of you guys know, and, and everybody who's listening in who's a pastor, there's just nothing like it. And, and I get this great privilege of being able to preach, um, like uh, this coming Sunday, I'll be in uh, a church, an, a predominantly African-American church in, in uh, South Florida, that runs about 80 people. Mm. Uh, and, and then um, very soon on the heels after that, I'll be speaking at a conference uh, that will probably have about 1,500 people. And so being able to watch how God is working in all of those environments and how um, we all need to be very mindful that it, it's you know, it can be fun to play the numbers game for about a minute, and then it wears you out, whether you're on the small end, the medium size in the middle, or on the big end. But instead, I have just grown 
in an understanding and having a respect for how God is working in unique ways in every size church and in every style church, whether it's cool and contemporary or whether it's old school and we're just plowing the row that we've got in front of us. I just love being able to go into those environments uh, of, of whatever it is, encourage the person in the pew, but really just try to invigorate courage into the life of those pastors that are tired because every pastor I know is tired. Nope, not me. <laughs> Except Matt. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but, you know, you touched on something really important there is you're, you're going to have these 80 folks in front of you and then turn around and have 1,500, I believe you said. And, and yeah. there's probably going to be times where there's more and there's probably going to be times when there's less. Uh, but in each of those times, you're going to open up the, as we mentioned earlier, the CSB, uh, most I likely. And, and you're going to do the exact same thing in each of those places. And you're going to preach the word. And uh, and that's something that we drill into our listeners and, and what we've kind of drilled into our book, too, is you may come in and there might be 30 or 40 people. Uh, you might come in and, and never be in that 5,000, 10,000 member mega church or whatever but we all put on our big boy pants on sunday and we get up there and we enter a pulpit and we all uh preach the word and, and there's just been some sundays where i sit on that pew well i actually don't get to sit on the pew because i lead worship but before the service uh where i'm just kind of sitting there and just thinking about the fact that right now literally all across the country there's people that are walking into a pulpit there's people walking to a pub table uh, for people like Kyle. We we kind of call them lesser pastors, but but then there's people that are going to open up uh, in in a predominantly uh, African American church or a uh, predominantly white church or a multicultural church. All these different pictures kind of just flood through my mind, different sizes, and I realize that that about at the same time, all of these guys are going to open up the Bible and just start going after it. And and I just think there's something cool about that, that no matter how many people are there, that the people that are right in front of you is who matters and who God has given you that moment to preach the word. And I just think that's so cool. And, and I think that's neat for you to get kind of a very uh, week by week taste of that. You know, for us, it's week by week. It's, it might go from 90 to 130 or, you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for you, you get to see quite clearly from black to white, rich to poor, all these different contexts, that you still have that same opportunity right in front of you to preach the word. And I think that's kind of cool. But yeah, I, I would like to live vicariously through your eyeballs from <laughs> from Sunday to Sunday, because that's just kind of a neat thing to get to see and be able to do is just preaching the word week by week, no matter who's in front of you. And uh, so, so praising God for your faithfulness in that, brother. Well, thanks. Yeah, there, there's really, uh, there's no other joy quite like that opportunity to to have gone through the rigors of your study and then carry that to the the people that god has entrusted to you for that hour and and for those all of you who are serving as local pastors i mean i get it because i've served as a local pastor in a traditional setting in a contemporary setting i've planted a church i've worked through church revitalizations and and it's um and there are all sorts of other pressures 
you know, I, just recently, I uh, I don't know who's running the Twitter account of uh, the wrestling pastor, uh, oh. but but uh, I I just want to say I salute you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is listening. Yes, uh, he is, and it's it's he he has been on the show. And he was at the SBC and was probably the tallest person there after Robbie Gallaty. That's true. But he's oh, not wow. as strong as Robbie Gallaty, but it's uh, Josh Revis or Josh Revis. Okay. I can't remember now. Uh, but he's he should be somewhat close to you. Uh, oh. He's at, uh, what is it, North Jacksonville, right? Uh, I, th- I think that's one right. North Jack- yeah. His uh, his dad's church. He's he's one of the associate pastors there. Okay. Great guy. But, yes, yeah. we, we so, salute him because he's doing on those – uh, guess what we would like to do to our members. <laughs> <laughs> well, because recently he posted one uh, where, you know, the wrestler's coming down the ramp as he's headed toward the, the ring and uh, the heel uh, runs up behind him and, and hits him with a, a chair. And the caption was, uh, just as you're going into the worship center when um, when when somebody catches you with a complaint. Yes. And, and so, and it's just like, we've all had that experience, you know, because a toilet wasn't working or, you know, it wasn't cold enough or it wasn't warm enough in somebody's Sunday school class or, you know, it's the last minute. Will you please make an announcement about our, you know, crocheting for Jesus potluck dinner that we're <laughs> going to have that four people are going to attend. Um, and so I, I get it for pastors. They've all had that, which is why I want to encourage pastors to, to stay the course and to not give up because yeah. it's easy to give up. And I've, you know, I've lived through that where uh, I was just ready to throw my hands up or I was ready to throw hands um, through all of it. And and so I just want to be an encouragement because I, I, I love the opportunity of teaching the word. And it's the one thing in the life of the church uh, that really nobody else can do except the person who's been given that calling and has been given that role. And and so never despise you know the what it is that's in front of you uh, of that moment and and what i'm trying to continuously relearn and keep in my heart is that when i take to that moment where whether i am uh matt the greater at a pulpit or kyle the lesser at a pub <laughs> table <laughs> you're welcome um, and, uh, thank you that, uh, that's yeah. that's going on a business card <laughs> baby. yeah there you go that that no matter where I am, that my sermon is an offering of worship to God. Yeah. That if if I treat it as well, I'm going to tell these people something today, and, and I'm going to let them have it. Or this is the moment where I'm going to expound some mysterious doctrine that they've never heard before, and man, they're really going to learn something today. That that can't be your first thought, but rather carry that sermon into that worship service as this is part of my offering to God, uh, then suddenly it becomes a much more beautiful experience. It has been for me of being able to encourage the saints and to give them a beautiful picture of Jesus, the gospel and an understanding of God's word. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, we have a very uh, serious question. We're going to put you on the spot here because you are an author Uh, In fact, you wrote, as you know, one of my favorite books, Habits for Our Holiness. And you wrote a few with Stetzer and and Geiger. And, and of course, you know, we know they were just the the names on the book. The the good stuff came from you, (laughs) kind of like our book, Replanting Rural uh, Churches. All the good stuff was was me. So so we have that in common. Uh, But uh, but but after a recent post, 
I need to ask you to confirm or deny something. I deny. Uh, when you, oh, wait. When, <laughs> when, when you entered the new spiritual realm on September 16th, <laughs> will you be publishing Heaven is a Sticky Sandwich? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Uh, for all of, uh, of the listeners, uh, if you want to move, if you want to understand one realm above where Paul got, uh, you just need a Krispy Kreme donut and a Chick-fil-A uh, ch- chicken and use that donut as your bun for your Chick-fil-A sandwich. And uh, I don't know if it was a uh, sugar coma uh, that I was in or <laughs> but it was it was glorious. Yeah. The, so I think this question is, is rather odd, but we just need to double check. Now, does that also include the uh, pickle? Uh, no, I, 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 I didn't uh, think the, you would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyle, save us. That's, that's y- the last yeah. question. <laughs> well, since since you are an author, um, yes. And w- what what are you hoping to write on in the future? Do you have any Do you have any projects coming down the pipeline that you're able to share about? Yeah. Well, uh, because yeah, because of my background having been in publishing, I have um, what would be probably classified as some kind of uh, uh, disease that I'm constantly coming up with another book idea. If I can make a living with making up book ideas, I'd be a wealthy man. <laughs> yeah. uh, however, uh, the two issues that I am hoping to write on next, uh, and I've been in, in some conversations with a publisher about it. One is from the issue of Christian identity uh, and in the sense that I think that much of the searching that uh, the people in our neighborhoods go through uh, can be really categorized. When they say, you know, where did we come from? Did God really make everything? You know, why is there suffering and evil in the world? And, 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 and so you go through all of these big kind of questioning because we have so many of the nuns uh, people with no religious affiliation. I think that most of our uh, questioning can be really distilled down to the two issues of meaning and comfort. Mm. People want to know that their life has some significance in the grand scheme of things, and they want to know whether or not God has noticed and will comfort them in their pain. And that really the nexus between those categories is our new identity in Christ. So I want to I, I try to tease all of that out in order to help uh, both pastors know how to teach this to the people of their congregations, but then the person who is just walking around puzzled by the world for them uh, to know how to, how to identify who they are in Christ and how God is working in them. The other thing, and I just say briefly, is uh, really in the wake of some of these public, but what we all experience as ministerial uh, in the ministerial ranks of people's uh, skepticisms and and even to the point of like deconversions mm. is uh, I, I think it's time for a new work about how not just why people deconvert, but really what is it that the church is supposed to do? How are we supposed to respond to, you know, the normal church member you have who says, I am now questioning my faith. Yeah. I am now skeptical about the Bible or I've got a teenage son, or I've got a, an adult daughter that has wandered from the church. Like, what is the church supposed to do? How are we as a community of faith supposed to disciple one another through times of deep 
deep skepticism. So I'd like to write on that. And I I think those need to be published yesterday. So (laughs) get get after it, brother. We uh, Uh, I I encourage our our listeners to be praying as as you work through uh, those things, because I think those are very very necessary in in our day as you touched on and and i i already know that when when you get it i will beg for an advanced copy because i, I already have somebody in mind for that second book that yeah. needs to read it uh right now that i've been walking through and and uh, so so we'll be praying for you and, and ask our readers to do it as well before we uh send them out uh philip do you have anything else to add yeah, I, I just want to say, uh, especially to fellow pastors out there, uh, I want you to know I'm in your corner. I'm for you. Uh, I And also, I'm available. Um, and so I don't want you to go it alone. And so if you don't have uh, a group of buddies that you can connect with immediately, uh, all you got to do is connect with me via social media. Uh, I, I love encouraging pastors. But I want to encourage you to make sure that you've got uh, a set of friends locally that you are connecting with regularly uh, because our enemy, our adversary, wants to keep you in isolation. And isolation is going to breed contempt for your church, and it's going to breed disdain even for yourself. And so let me just encourage you, make sure you you gather together around a good fraternity of friends. Uh, But in the meantime, if you need someplace to dump your emotional truck, hit me up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because Kyle, Kyle is terrible at that, so <laughs> I'm going to start going to you. But, uh, <laughs> no, uh, guys, guys that are listening, he he means it. Yeah. And there's there's been plenty of times over the last few uh, years, or or maybe even longer than that, we've we've been internet friends for for quite some time. That I've been able to reach out and and uh, have a, uh, a friend and a confidant and somebody that can pray for you and cheer you on uh, every Sunday. If, uh, if you're fortunate enough to get tagged in his uh, preaching post, uh, you can have uh, notifications buzzing in your pocket for the rest of the uh, Sunday. Uh, <laughs> and so we're grateful for that. But he really does mean it. We'll put his uh, info in the show notes and encourage you to follow him and, and uh, touch base. And, and uh, if, if he can't uh, meet with you or, or visit with you, I'm sure. Uh, that with his uh, his connections and, and those that he knows, he can get you in touch with somebody locally. And uh, but yes, do not go it alone. Yep. We're we're in your corner here. At not another Baptist podcast. Uh, Philip Nation is there, uh, and and certainly follow the wrestling pastor so you can live vicariously through those uh, <laughs> those posts and uh, to do the things that you may want to do. Uh, but at this time, we're about to jump off the train wreck. And uh, so we encourage you to check us out at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com or on Facebook under Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast. And uh, until next time, Kyle, why don't you send us out? Well, until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Philip, thank you so much for joining us on our this, our 100th episode. It was, in fact, transformational. It, it was transformational, and I, I think we need to send the folks out with, with one final word of truth. Uh, Philip, candy corn, yay or nay? Yay. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>